Hi, this is part three of myths and misconceptions of ADA. Um, are we okay to move on to the next one? Yeah, I think off? yes. So it's the last. It's the last okay. topic. All okay, right, so, so I've reached the last topic, guys. You're still oh, with no, us. We're so I'm happy. It's the no? penultimate. <laughs> the penultimate. So you've reached the penultimate one. We're going to chat about. You're still with us. Are we We're gonna, still so happy. Are we going to do three part episode? <laughs> I think so. I think oh so. Days. Oh my days. Okay, okay, so I think another thing that Carl and I come across quite a lot, and I think we've touched on it, uh, there's a sort of a thread going through, is that all ABA professionals work the same way. And I think from what we've discussed and how things that we've talked about, it's that isn't true. Okay. And I think we're going to look about it in two different ways. We're going to look about how the individual is and how the training they've received. Okay. So I'll start off with the individual. Um, you know, Carla's touched on it before, but teachers, psychologists, occupational therapists, speech and language therapists, they all work in different ways within their field because they receive different training from different institutions and different um, experiences through training. But ABA is the only one that receives criticism about, well, not maybe not the only one, but is one of the ones that often receives criticism about this. Oh, you're all the same, you ABA people. Um, but I think I want to reiterate here is that just as we are all individuals, so is our practice, okay, and through learning from other professionals and what works best for each individual is what sculpts our practice. Um, and the beauty of what we do is that it's highly, highly, highly individualized, okay? We often, Carl and I often feel bad about when we people ask for our advice and we go, well, we can't really say too much because we'd have to see it in order to make a comment. Ethically, we need to know more information. We need more data. We need more um, knowledge about what's happening. We need to see the child. So we can give like general tips of what we do, but we're not going to give you too much information because we need to see the behavior and in the environment and what's happening. Okay. Because what we do is science. We need to see the whole picture. Um, so we often feel that we can't comment and give advice because we're always going, but what about this? And what about that? What happens when you do this? Is he standing where? What's happening in the room? Are there other noises? So, yeah. So, and I, I read somewhere, I think I'll, I'll cite it. It's, um, in the, in our thing, if we want to, it's about 10 myths of about ABA. Um, ABA also in every case is different because every individual is different. Okay. We have a different history. We have a different school situation. We like and dislike very different things. Um, our family lives are very different, how you're brought up and therefore behave, you know, the behavior plans we put together or the behavior principles are customized to each individual and each unique situation. So I can't put the same plan for each child I work with because they're not the same. Um, and I think that's, just generally how different it can be. Carla, did you want to add something? I know you had an example you wanted to chat about. Yes. Um, well, I mentioned it before, like when you, we we look, we go to therapy or, or school or mm. when we look for a psychologist or tutor or um, I even thought about a mechanic, we we might come in, come in contact with various people because we like or didn't like the way they worked. So we keep looking for someone who's compatible with our expectations. And um, I remember this just came to me. So there's um, a TV show that I, of course, had to, I would, you'd watch a lot, Gilmore Girls. Um, <laughs> and this is a sign you're getting old when you identify with the older characters uh, than the teen and the stupid teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, teenagers are the ply of my, anyway. <laughs> Uh, moving on, and um, and I remember the one of the jokes is one of the protagonists, Emily Gilmore. She's always changing maids, and her daughter was teasing her. Oh, you always you never happy, etc. And she said, look, 
I'm paying for a service, so I expect that service to be what I ask for. And it's fair enough. It is very, very fair. And it's the same thing when we decide, you know, when I look for some, somewhere to do my MOT, and for if anyone's listening outside of England, MOT is the, you know, car inspection. Um, I, I go through reviews and I go to Google and I, you know, I look for someone that's compatible. And it's the same thing for AB professionals. Like within our field, Lauren and I have worked with different people and we've liked some of the methods and others we didn't. And even with similar methodologies, Lauren and I will sometimes follow different paths. Like we do work very similarly, but, you know, when deciding programs, we, even though majority of the time we have the same train of thought, we won't be completely identical. We might decide, you know what, I prefer to go this way. And she's like, oh, I prefer to go this way. And it doesn't mean one is right, one is wrong. It's just different ways of working. As long as they achieve the same end result, which is improving the, the person's life. Of course. Isn't and you, yeah. And, you know, I, I've worked in ABA for over 10 years now. Goodness yeah. me. And um, during that time, I've worked within an organization. And even though we were you know, we were trained in similar ways. We chose different methods due to our needs of the child and what worked for them. And also through research and as we mentioned, journal articles, it's influenced some of our decisions, you know. And I had supervisors um, from outside and inside the organization um, in order to, um, who were gaining their hours to become a board certified behavior analyst. And they provide advice and they would direct which way they think would be the best but ultimately what works best for the child and what you deem the most appropriate through knowledge and research and application, which suits their needs. So it doesn't, as Carla said, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't matter the path you use as long as the result is improving the behavior or the child or the person that's receiving the treatment. That's where we want to go. So it doesn't really matter as long as it's ethical, it's following the right things, it's following um, all the core principles of behavior. That's where we're going to be at. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's just kind of the message that we wanted to get across. Yeah. And like Lauren mentioned, she worked with an organization and I worked for the same organization with her, not as long. Um, and how people are trained does influence a lot. Like the same thing, your younger experience influence you a lot. And, and, you know, the training people receive will affect their practice Mm -hmm. and Lauren was my supervisor for over a year when I started and even after that I I would and I still seek out her advice and say look I'm trying of doing thinking of this what are you think and because it's good to have each other's opinion uh well I know I need her opinion more than vice versa because she's more experienced um no not always no always but like but most (laughs) of the time I'm the one seeking out help because it's you know, it's good to, that's why in ABS, well, we also have conferences and workshops mm-hmm. like, you know, world, around the world because because we do want to be be held accountable. We do want to keep our practice uh, in a good standards. And I remember my growing up, my mom, um, she would still go to conferences for a profession. She works in the medical, she's a doctor and she works in the medical field and she would go to conferences and workshops. Mm-hmm. I remember traveling with her to some of them. Uh you know, they, you know, I was with my dad would take us to play or whatever. And she went and learned, but it was at least a, a family trip. She'd be learning, but then we had dinner or lunch together. Oh. It was quite nice. And, and it's really important to keep those. And it's, it's very important as well, I think, to work with different professionals mm. in and outside of our field and allow us to do and learn different methodologies. So I remember, I think I mentioned this, maybe the previous workshop, uh, I'm mean, sorry, the previous podcast, I mean, um, that I, or maybe before, where I did a, an OT training, a, a day, uh, one day OT training 
in Roehampton Hospital. I think it's Roehampton Hospital. And um, it's near the Roehampton Gate at Richmond Park. Mm. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know what I you mean. To, yes, and, you know, these ladies, they're tea ladies, and they're so lovely, so lovely. And, and they did say that, you know, they understand OT, but behavior is not their area. And they recommend the book called, is it behavior or um, is it sensory or behavior? Because they do understand there's different ways. And, and I learned quite a bit. I learned about, you know, supplying some sensory needs that that's, I think the sensory area in ABA, I think is the trickiest one to tackle, mostly because we're not trained in the OT stuff. And I think it's really valuable when you learn from other professionals, because it does, it does add to your practice, I think, yeah. isn't it? It's, and it, it enri- you know, I always say it enriches your, you know, it enriches and, and um, sort of creates more space in your toolkit, you know, like say, oh, yeah. I know how to do all of this, but you know how to do that. Let's help each other. And, and like, I know I mentioned speech and language therapists before, but I have had incredibly successful young people because I work so well with the occupational therapists and the speech and language therapists who are really on the team and who we were willing to work together. And I think that's a huge, huge thing. Let you do your expertise. Let me do mine. Let's marry up where we need to. And we're going to make a more successful, holistic, fuller, young, robust person. If we're working all in our own little box, how are we ever going to do this? We have to use each other for the benefit of for enriching this young person's life. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think if we don't work together and we don't learn about each other, we're never going to be more successful. Um, it's the exactly. key to it's the it's sort of like the foundation is stronger because of that. Um, and, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think working also working in different environments helps you, Carla. I, yeah. You know, I. I was fortunate enough to use um, ABA in a, in a mainstream school with a student for almost a, a entire academic year. And I remember when I first started, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do because when I worked in my ABA school, everybody understood ABA. Everyone's on the same page. You know, we're all kind of doing the same thing. We all receive the same training. Now I'm in a mainstream school where I'm the only ABA person there. Okay. And I've got to convince everybody else what I need to do to help this young person. But I can't do everything because I'm only one and there's like 200 of them. So, you know, it is very different. And I remember thinking about how I was going to, and it sounds awful, how I was going to win them over to be like, I think this is the best thing to do for this young person. Please join me on this journey. If it's the wrong thing, I completely take on all responsibility and I will be held responsible. I will take this on. And they were like, well, we don't know. And I was like, well, how about I do it with this young person? And then we'll see. You don't have to expose your staff to it yet. So it it, it created a whole different like, toolkit for me because I was like, I've never done this before. It's really scary. You're on your own. You never know what's going to happen. And it was one of the best, best things I ever did. And I genuinely feel like it enriched my life to the better because I got to help this young person and I didn't know it was going to be as successful as it was. And mm-hmm. the school, I remember one of the teachers turned around and said to me, she's like, you know, if people could see what you actually do, they would, you know, you could really benefit a lot of people in the school, the teachers and the, the, the lunch ladies. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I got really emotional when she told me, I was like, wow. Nice. Actually, That's such a good actually, feeling. Isn't it beautiful? Because she actually saw what we were doing with this young person and how I think she really got that all I was trying to do was help him and that I was going to do everything I could to help him be the most successful as he could be. And that was, that was my, where I was. That's where my vision was the whole time. 
it wasn't worrying about upsetting them and you know stepping on toes here and whatever I was like well if you if that's how you feel I'm really sorry but that's not my intention my intention yeah. is to help this person yeah and even when becoming a BCBA and well because you know Lauren is going to be an anniversary soon isn't it for I know I yeah oh a year ago so different no corona and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um I just think because I'm still not a BCBA so I'm I'm nearly finished with my hours, but it's going to be more towards the end of 2020 that I'll get all of them. But I I don't mind taking that long. It's been nearly, it's going to be a bit over two years for me to do all my hours, which for me is fine. Just because I think experience, more experience doesn't hurt anyone, to be honest. Absolutely. And, and unless the person's been in the field for quite a while, I'm sometimes a bit concerned on, and that's just my personal opinion, because in the BCBA, once you start your hours, you have five years to finish the hours and sit the exam. However, if you manage to do them sooner, you can. And I sometimes am concerned about people who who do everything in a, in a year or who only work with one consultant and mm. who don't, you know what, because it's not giving you a full scope of the different ABA that's out there. And, you know, being yeah. in, going into the private sector from a school to, to home programs, and I, I was counting how many clients I've had in the last nearly in the last two years. And it's been a lot. It's been a lot of different consultants I've worked with, different tutors, different children. And it does give you a bit a bigger scope and you do learn a bit more on, you know what, there's different ways of doing things. I don't have to do this this formula that this one person taught me. And yes, you'll have your favorite, but it's good to have diversity. Because it does influence Absolutely. how you then prepare stuff. Um, I mean, yeah, you, I mean, Carla's going to do it in a record time too. I think I was on the border of my five years. I had three supervisors oversee me and I had worked in two different settings. Yeah, but that wasn't I, yeah. your fault really. No, but I mean, still, like it took, you know, and I'm, I'm again, I'm so grateful because I, it, it enriched my experience so much more. And I'm glad I had three supervisors because they all worked very differently yeah. One of which I didn't get on well with, but she was actually probably the the one that pushed me the most and made me think about things the most. And I actually so grateful for her because it wasn't she didn't know me and the other ones knew me a little bit. So I had to really show her what I could do. And I think that made me more robust in my supervision time. <laughs> no, yeah. exactly. Well, at the time, I remember at the time you're a bit annoyed because you know it is oh, annoying when you take longer horrific. than what you want to. But yeah, yeah, but then you look back and like, you know what I, I've learned a lot and yeah, and I think and I keep saying this to Laura, nothing has made me age more than becoming self-employed and having yeah. to because when I worked for the school and you know you'd get you had a bigger support system and you know you're in sometimes I felt I was in a bit of a bubble that I only yeah. realized when I left and you just. There's all these different people doing in the, working in the same field. And even though it's a small field, it's also a very big field at the same time and mm. can be quite varied. And and I quite enjoy the freedom of choosing with uh, choosing to, to work with different people and learning different things. Cause in the, and I feel like even when I do my BCB, I know there's still lots to learn because there's many people who have lots to, to teach you. And, and I know... And I, I just get concerned sometimes what 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 it does to the field that when people think, OK, I'm just going to do this quickly and mm. then I'm a BCBA and I know everything and I can do all of it. And no, that, that's highly worries. concerning. 
it is and it's you know so it is very good when people recommend you so like lauren said see people working and i've said to parents when they want to hire someone why don't you do a play interview so Mm. because have the tutor come in and work with your child a bit and see even if you don't know what you're looking for have your consultant or supervisor observe because they can can will be able to tell if this person can do the job or not same as any other job interviews this yeah. and this kind of line of work is very important because it's working with people anything working with people needs to be ethical and it's quite important to be doing it correctly absolutely and i you know what even with teachers i would be like okay do like a, a mock lesson where they have to teach something and tell one of the children to be really annoying just to see how they react yeah <laughs> you know see will they shout or will they you know you know Exactly. Yeah. What, what, what kind of teacher is this going to be? They're going to fit into our yeah. school and the way we do yeah. things, our culture. And um, I know sometimes it's not realistic to do it, but you know, it'll be good. I yeah, think. I think they have to. I think they do do a, a do lesson. they? Yeah. Hmm. I've listen. I've been part of them when I worked in school. I had to do many one. They're like, bring your kids. Bring Lauren, and I'd sit there all day doing interviews with these kids, and I'd be like, oh my day. No, but I mean like neurotypical schools. Yeah, they do do that. Do they? Oh, I no. think so. Right. I'm pretty sure they do. They have to do like mock lessons as part of the oh. um as they interview. I'm pretty sure. Maybe I mean I don't know. Oh, maybe I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to the last? Yeah. Topic? Okay, Sorry, so it is finally the last thing we're going to be talking about. Hopefully, you listen to this over three episodes, so you won't be tired well, I'm of us preaching. Should we, do, should we do four episodes? I'm, not even, I'm even not sure. Yet. <laughs> You know. Okay, so our last thing that we wanted to comment upon is ABA therapy is only for children with autism. Okay, this is one we get False. very, very, yeah, we get very, very often. And yes, there is a high correlation that if you do ABA or study ABA, that you're going to end up working with children with autism. However, I'm going to quote from the Cooper Heron and Howard, which is the ABA Bible. Okay, mm. and um, it says that. The science in which tactics derived, so the ABA is defined as the science in which tactics derived from the principles of behavior are applied systematically to improve socially significant behavior and experimentation is used to identify the variables responsible for, for behavior change. And I think the key phrase in there is improve socially significant behavior. And the reason it's so successful with children with autism is because that is what we want to improve the most of, okay? Generally, not always, but generally, socially significant behavior for these young people, okay? But we can improve any socially significant behavior for anything that has behavior. That's the whole beauty of ABA, okay? It's a very, very common misconception because ABA focuses on behavior and any human behavior and animal behavior that can be displayed, okay? And therefore, it can be used in a variety of ways because humans are involved in many different spheres of life, okay? Environmental sustainability issues, ABA has been used for organizational behavior management, speech language pathology, addictions, gambling, criminal forensics, health and fitness, education, parenting, medical procedures, severe mental disorders, phobias. And those are only to name a few. Okay, it can be used in a multitude of different ways. If there is behavior, you can use ABA. Okay, and I think it's unfair to state that ABA is only for children with autism because it focuses on um, improving socially significant behavior, as I've just said. But therefore, everyone can benefit from it because all humans and animals behave. And as Carla said before, it's so important that we work on improving socially significant behaviors. We all hang out in society today. There's a lot of behaviors we see from neurotypical 
neurotypical people that is very concerning. Okay. Yeah. You know, so therefore ABA, I mean, just look at the prison system. It doesn't work. As Carla said, punishment eliminates behavior. Basically, it reduces behavior very successfully. If behaviors occur, continue to occur, that is the perfect example of how it's not the right punishment. Yeah. Um, there are so many areas that ABA can help us, and we feel so passionate. I genuinely want to spend the rest of my life finding different ways I can use ABA with everything. And Colin, I've spoken about before, I've helped my friends use ABA. I use it on my parents. I use it with, with my friends yeah. with anxiety. I do it with my own anxiety. Okay? I know. It, it is, it's, it, it's it is successful. If you can understand why people are doing things, why the behavior is happening, you can help them change it. And that's the beauty of ABA and why it's so can be so powerful given to the right people. Okay, so, yeah, that's just all I wanted to say. It's improving socially significant behavior, and that's why it's accessible with children with autism. And it's incredibly successful. As you said before, over 550 peer-reviewed articles to say that ABA has helped children with autism. So, you know, it's a fact. It's true. And even Lauren and I are big fans of, you know, reading and listening to true crime and and behavior analysis in, Mm -hmm. in criminal settings. That's an area you both are very fascinated by. And like Lauren said, there's lots of areas I... And even daily simple things, I when I, I use it on myself, when I have to study and when I have to do something and I think, all right, this is going to feel a lot for me. How can I divide this task in a way that I can still do it, but I don't feel overwhelmed by it? Um, or even when I'm teaching someone something now, like I, I keep saying like uh, one of my um, sister's friends, she has curly hair like me. Uh, but her curls are not very good. And because I've been studying a lot about curls, etc., I did say, look, I'll help you out. But there's a lot of information I could have given her. But mm-hmm. I remember when I started looking into this, I felt really overwhelmed. So I said, you know what? Here are three simple things you can start off. And I want you to put in your hair washing routine and start off simple. So then when she's used to that, I can say, OK, right. Now we're going to look at shampoos and because of your scalp or whatever. And then we'll. I'll teach her how to find shampoos on her own and what kind of shampoos should she, should she be looking for. And when, when she has that, then let's look at styling products if she needs it, etc. Because it's because if I go and I say, all right, blah, 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 it's going to mm. be lost. You, she'll lose motivation to do it. And and it's not fair on her to miss out on improving her hair just because I don't know how to convey the information. So it's again ABA. Oh, it's it's everywhere. When people say, "I don't do ABA," it's like, well, you yeah, you do. You, Token you economies, do. you know, house points at schools. That's yeah. all ABA. It's yeah. all positive reinforcement. It's all ABA. It's everywhere. You know, it's the, all a the different the, thing. Exactly. You know, the signs in in hotels now that say, "Hang your towel up because we're trying to save the world. We're not trying to wash towels every day." That's ABA. Someone implemented that as an environmental. Um, sustainability like a prompt to say you know hang your towel up it's good for the world and it's mm-hmm. ABA and it's resulted in them that the hotels having to wash less towels and use less water so it has been successful so yeah it is it's everywhere it's also because it's so common sense do something good get something good you know yeah. it's about you know simply very simply but yeah it's what it is should we mention now? Well, I think the, um, I think we've said everything, right? I think yeah. We've mentioned yeah. what we wanted. Should we yeah. mention some of the links? We we don't have to quote all of them, but we can say, oh, this is a website or this yeah. is the name of. So um, we have ten myths of applied behavior analysis. Um, we also found, Lauren found 
on something on relias.com blog, which is myths about applied behavior analysis, autisticuk.org, or does, which has an article called Does ABA Harm Autistic Children? The um, Socially Anxious Advocate, um, we also says why I left ABA, mumsnet.com, so talk special needs um, about assessment and lack of knowledge about ABA, uh, Wikipedia, Apply Behavior Analysis, Behavior Babe, oh, I quite like her. Uh, yeah, it's called, amazing. Yeah, I quite like her. Uh, common Misconceptions, uh, researchgate.net, which has a lot of articles, which is mm-hmm. one of the big ones that I use as well for articles. It's very applied, good. Yeah, Applied Behavior Analysis, Current Myths uh, in Public Education. So we, we went through, we wanted to get a lot of, let's say, negative, because we... We don't want to say, oh, yeah, we know this. We want to know what other people are saying because it's the best mm. way of addressing it. And, and you know, it took a lot of time for us to plan this one because it's, I personally kept getting a bit worked up because I would read an article and be like, oh, my days, why, why, why? Yeah. And then I would just have to it's very upsetting. <laughs> it is. And I understand, that, you know what, and I understand people maybe get upset on the other end, but mm. it, it's... And I did say to Lauren, oh, how good it would be if we had a guest that was completely against ABA. Well, I don't know how good it would be because it depends on the person. Because if someone, it's being able to have a dialogue instead of yeah, instead of just shouting and saying, but I'm right, blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, I know, know, and I think some of the articles I've read are, I, I feel people feel very angry and it's not an intellectual debate. It's like no. a, it's a, it's a manner of which to shout about things I don't like. And um, I, I understand that people can be upset, and I, I don't want to ever have to upset anybody about the way I work. But I do want people to think about things level-headedly and, like, be able to see things in a calm light because I think then you can make more informed decisions and you can you can have a more healthy dialogue, as as you were saying, as opposed to just yeah. a shouting match about I'm, I'm right and you're wrong. Because as we've said throughout this podcast now is that we're not claiming to know everything we're just claiming to talk about the successes we've had and and our mistakes I've made a lot of mistakes in my career yeah, that, we you all know do. and you know and I've I've learned from those and I think it's important to go I'm not going to do that again because that resulted in this and that was not great you know and, you know, and you know, the, question that, things and that scene remember that scene of Matilda I'm right and you're wrong I'm big and you're small and there's nothing you know what it's the mistrunchable mm. and people Oh, the villain, and she's so evil to Matilda. I'm like, you guys, people do that to children every day in a more, yeah. in a different manner, but they do. It's every time I, I, every time I see an adult shouting like crazy to a child, I think of Miss Trunchbull, and I think, yeah, it's very good to look at the film, and be like, oh, she's a villain, but then, <laughs> yeah, but it's easy doing? to see the villain and not yeah. relate to the villain, isn't it? It's easy to not look in that mirror. And just go, oh, that's just what it's like over there. I don't have to deal with that. That's in that little box over there. Yeah, I get really, I think I get really triggered by when children are treated like that. I I keep thinking about, I went to my best friend, one of my best friends, well, best, one of my closest friends. Because I have, you know, the thing when you have the difference between there's close friends and there's friends. Best friends is a teenager. So many many levels. I know. Best friends is very teenager. Anyway, um. And she has a son. It was her birthday party. And, she, you know, she had a long table with people. And I was in the I was facing her child because, you know, we get on really well. Well, he's a child. I like playing with him. And um, and my friend, I think she wanted to enjoy her birthday and talking to adults. So I was happy to just entertain uh, my nephew for a while. And um, 
and at some point he didn't want to eat and the lady next to him was a friend of my friend anyway she's like oh come on eat eat and trying to convince him and he you know he had his ears covered and was uh, you know saying no and I said you know I took his hands out like look just say no I don't want to and he said no I don't want to okay good that's very good well done and then she forced him to eat and and I told him um he said no please respect that he said no I would I would and that really upset me and then when he said he didn't Mm. want chocolate cake and that boy loves chocolate cake then we knew me and my friend knew okay there's something wrong and he was actually ill he was ill so that was his way. He didn't know how to say he wasn't feeling well. He just refused Shame. to eat. And we're eating pizza. He loves pizza. The dessert was going to be chocolate cake, which he asked me to buy. So Yeah, he's not well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had that <laughs> chocolate cake. It's like really, really good chocolate cake. It's that one that you had, remember? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. You told me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he loves it. Like Because he asked me the day before. No, two days before I saw him. And he said, he said to me, Auntie Carla, can you buy chocolate cake for mommy's birthday? I said, yeah, sure. It's already ordered. Don't worry, because his mom is a big fan of chocolate. I'm, we're the three of us. We're just chocolate crazy. But that chocolate cake is really good. Yeah, yeah, really. When I go back to Portugal, not if <laughs> I'm gonna have that chocolate cake again. I know it's it's very good. But yeah, but that's the thing of people on a daily basis do not listen to children, do not respect children. But then when it comes to ABA, oh, you're all about punishment and being this, mm. and I'm just well. Maybe look at how you also handle your mm. child first before you, you know, there's an expression, wasn't it? Don't cut people with glass ceilings shouldn't cast stones. Yeah. So it's like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones or something. Yeah. I think no, the way we say in Portugal is the, I think I just literally translated it. That's why it sounds weird. No, it sounds still right. I just was, yeah. I was like, which one do I know? So um, you can contact us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or alternatively, you can visit our website, which is www.abaowls.com. And for the next workshop will be in June. Uh, we haven't decided date yet. We'll put on the website. Uh, it's about following instructions. So understanding why a child sometimes doesn't want to follow instructions our next podcast will be next month so on the 6th of july uh again we'll post more if people listen more uh but so far we only have a few downloads which are very grateful we're very grateful for everyone who's listening and thank you so much for your time yeah thank you guys thank you bye bye